Patients aren't just going to Google with their symptoms anymore. They're asking generative AI programs to make sense of their symptoms. And according to early research, the chatbots, like ChatGPT, offer a high diagnostic and triage accuracy. This is PulseCheck. I'm Daniel Payne. FDA advisors said a common ingredient in over-the-counter cold drugs isn't backed up by scientific evidence. That paves the way for the agency to change its rules for medicines containing the ingredient. New polling showing Americans' concerns about the quality of care in nursing homes may bolster a Biden administration proposal to increase staffing requirements for facilities, even as industry leaders argue the rules would have a negative impact on care. And extreme temperatures are spreading across the planet, and with those rises come new health risks. e News' climate science reporter Chelsea Harvey is here with more. Hey, thanks so much for having me. So a new report in the journal Science Advances sounded the alarm on the dangers of life-threatening heat across the planet. What exactly is going on here? Yeah, good question. So this study kind of builds on some research that came out over a decade ago now. So over 10 years ago, there was a paper that came out that basically suggested that there is an upper limit for temperatures that human beings can physically withstand. And so beyond this upper limit, it's just not possible for the human body to regulate its temperature anymore. And after just a few hours of exposure, unfortunately, that results in death. And so this study proposed that that upper limit lies around a combination of 95 degrees Fahrenheit and 100% humidity. And there could be other combinations of temperature and humidity, but you know, if it's sort of even it's out in that way, that's the upper limit on lethal heat. And so the new study that just came out suggests that there is also a lower limit on lethal heat. That upper limit suggests that you're a person who is a healthy human being and you're doing absolutely everything you can to deal with high temperatures. You know, you're wearing the right clothing, you're seeking out shade, you're drinking tons of water, you know, you're doing everything possible possible to protect yourself. But unfortunately, that's not going to always be the case. You know, you might be a person who's caught in an extreme heat wave and you're wearing blue jeans and you don't have any water on you and there's no shade. And so there's a lower limit too to lethal heat that lies at lower temperatures and lower humidity. And so this new study suggests that those lower limits are also spreading very rapidly across the world. That's very interesting. In regard to those, what challenges would certain regions face as those are on the rise? So this study suggests actually that parts of the world that aren't necessarily the hottest places right now might really be in for some challenges. So when you think about the hottest parts of the world, these are places where people are already super accustomed to extreme temperatures. And there's a sort of cultural awareness of how to protect yourself when an extreme heat wave sets in. So these are places that are going to really face challenges when this upper limit on lethal heat kind of rises, you know, because there's nothing you can do at that point really to protect yourself. But when you're thinking about this lower limit, that's going to be a big challenge for places like the mid-latitudes, parts of the U.S., places in Europe, some parts of Asia, where, you know, maybe today these places are not accustomed to super extreme heat waves, but with just another degree or so of warming, they might be facing a rapid increase in this lower limit of lethal heat, and they won't necessarily know how to protect themselves. And that's where policymakers need to really step in and start informing the public now of what to do when this happens. And what are people doing and what can they do when it comes to these temperatures? 
Yeah, that's a great question. So this is really an issue for policymakers. You know, when I speak to experts on extreme heat and public health, they say the most important thing is public information. There need to be public information campaigns to tell people what they should do. And these things involve, you know, where can you go if you don't have access to air conditioning? Where are there cooling centers open in your community? Policymakers need to make sure that there are cooling centers open in your community. There need to be task forces assigned to check on the most vulnerable populations. These are people without access to air conditioning. These are elderly people. These are people with pre-existing health conditions. There need to be measures put in place to check on these folks and to make sure that they have access to the resources they need to get cool. And you mentioned policymakers and what they're thinking about as this huge change is happening. What's on the table in the policy realm? Yeah, there's some really interesting things going on in regard to extreme heat. I feel that heat has been late to kind of enter the mainstream consciousness as a sort of climate disaster. When you think of climate disasters, you think of things like hurricanes and wildfires. I think it's only really within the last few years that we've started to think of heat as a really deadly, serious form of extreme weather. In fact, in the U.S., actually, extreme heat is the biggest weather-related killer in the country. So it's not hurricanes, (laughs) it's heat. And so there are some places around the country that are really starting to think critically about this and have become kind of forerunners when it comes to crafting policy around extreme heat. There are a few cities actually that have implemented what they refer to as a chief heat officer. This is a person whose entire job is to think about how to craft policy to protect the public when extreme heat waves strike. So Los Angeles, Phoenix, and Miami, I believe are the three that have put a chief heat officer in place. Places like California, and New York are thinking of kind of state level heat action plans. So, you know, what to do when extreme heat strikes. So there are some places that are kind of thinking ahead about what to do. And these heat action plans, you know, they include making sure there are task forces assigned to check on vulnerable populations, making sure that there's a plan in place to open cooling centers, making sure that there's plenty of public information out there to tell people what to do. Certainly. Chelsea, thanks so much for talking with me. Thanks so much for having me. And that's our show. Our music is by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Afra Abdullah is our producer. Annie Reese and Alex Keeney are our senior producers. Our healthcare team editors are Eli Reyes, Dan Goldberg, Barbara Van Tyne, Beth Belton, and Sean Zeller. I'm Daniel Payne. Subscribe and follow Pulse Check for a new episode every day. And subscribe to our newsletters where you can read this reporting. Pulse, Future Pulse, and Prescription Pulse. Thanks for listening.